0: Welcome back to the 411 Podcasting Network. I am your host, Larry Zonka, and this is episode 23 of the 411 On Wrestling Podcast. Today, I am joined by my co-host and good friend, Jeremy Lambert. Jeremy, how are you?
1: Oh, I'm good tonight, Larry. We just got done watching Double or Nothing, so it was a good night.
0: It was, and uh, we're going to talk about Double or Nothing tonight, and then we're going to play some catch up on uh new japan pro wrestling best of the super juniors reviews and talk a little bit about those so it should be a good time for all anything else happening in your world jeremy right now or is everything good
1: if anything is good as a 90210 update i am i just watched the episode where uh matthew perry shows up and he's a tennis player who wants to kill his father or kill himself or something. But Matthew Perry makes, a, makes an appearance on the show.
0: Yeah, 90210 actually has a pretty rich history of uh, fun guest appearances throughout the run. I am uh, still in season five. Donna has moved on from uh, <laughs> shitty musician Ray Pruitt, who is abusing her, and is now dating Cal U quarterback. Uh, the Cow quarterback is like Joe or some shit like that. And it was just a Thanksgiving (laughs) episode and she brought in Steve young to meet with him for his birthday. Oh,
1: a Steve young appearance.
0: That's right. Steve young cameo on nine Oh two one Oh. So it was a, yeah, good times, good times there. And, uh, yep. Just, uh, kind of chirping along. Valerie's now dating, uh, David. So, uh, yeah, all kind of stuff going on. Kelly is, uh, Oh, yeah, Kelly is dating, uh, Colin, the artist from New York. Uh, The artist formerly
1: known as Prince Colin.
0: So, but yes, we're going to talk some Double or Nothing here tonight. And, uh, yeah, the show just finished not very long ago, and, uh... We start off with the pre-show, of course, which was the buy-in, Jeremy. And our first match was the Casino Battle Royal with the winner getting a shot at the AEW Championship against the winner of Jericho and Omega in the main event. And Hangman Page, Drew the Joker, was the final entrant in after the whole debacle with Pac, which they're still putting over as a creative thing, but I keep hearing that there's visa issues there. So, like we said the other day, if it was a Visa issue and they put out that story about creative stuff, that was really shitty. But Adam Page won and he is going to challenge for the AEW Championship.
1: Not too surprising that Adam Page won after the whole creative differences with Pac. That was kind of a big, big theory going around that Adam Page would show up and win this. And they did the little angle earlier in the week where page said oh i'm not allowed to wrestle and that was pretty much a tip off right there that yeah this guy's showing up in some capacity here and they they obviously have big big plans for page he was positioned to to face Pac. it was really the first match they they teased in the first match they added to the card because they you know went face to face at the inaugural rally way back in in january so they they have big plans for page he wins here he Gets to move on to the to the title match against spoiler alert Chris Jericho. Uh, the concept on paper sounded okay, like it was different. Uh, you know, battle royals have been done forever, and then you got the Royal Rumble and the reverse battle royals and all this other nonsense Vince Russo tried to create. And you know, they tried to do something different. I didn't feel like it worked because you didn't really have a, a countdown. And so, I mean, that's the big thing in the Royal Rumble is the crowd counts along. Like, they had the countdown, but it was only two times or three times, and then five people come out at once, and you're like, why don't all these people just attack each other now? Orange Cassidy ended up being number 22, so I think they had 22 people in this match instead of 21. It was kind of a convoluted concept mess in the end. Um, Some some good spots. Joey Ginella fucking killed himself multiple times. That that poor guy he's alive he tweeted he's alive um overall though page winning fine concept on paper good and execution not so good and some some good moments and whatnot i think most people will end up remembering uh janela um taking that table bump and i called ty dillinger in the in the battle royal so you're welcome everybody
0: fair enough yeah um I thought the concept was okay. It' far from lit the world on fire. Um, I, I liked the Royal Rumble. I liked when Lucha Underground did like Aztec Warfare as a like kind of an update to that. And I like variations on that. But yeah, it was okay. I thought the match was pretty good, but uh, it's nothing I am gonna rush to go back to watch. But Page winning was the right call.
1: Orange Cassidy should have won.
0: Orange Cassidy was i, I just love the fact that there was people on Twitter bitching about Orange Cassidy, and he was one of the most over dudes in the match for doing nothing.
1: <laughs> Can we stop with Tommy Dreamer? Yes, please. This—he uh, just main evented Impact last night, Friday night. Whenever you're listening to this. They just announced he was going to main event with the Great Muda at their a Night You Can't Miss special. He comes out on this show. I saw a tweet that said, Tommy Dreamer as an ECW nostalgia act has lasted two times longer than ECW actually lasted. And like, yeah, that like that's 100% true. Can Can we just knock it off with this guy? No offense to Tommy Dreamer. I'm sure he's a nice guy. He has funny stories. He sounds like a nice guy. I don't need to see this guy on any wrestling show in 2019.
0: The thing is, is, is for as much as I'm sick of Tommy Dreamer, you almost have to respect him for getting on all these fucking shows. Oh, I
1: completely respect I mean...
0: him for it. I mean, the guy has he's made a lot of friends,
1: and God bless him for it. It's just... You know this was fine on tommy dreamer. He's in a, a surprise appearance like it, it would have been the same as like glacier Like I I thought glacier coming out on here was really cool. MJF was fucking fantastic in this battle royal by the way Um, but I thought like the nostalgia appearance like that is fine I I'm, I guess i'm burnt out with tommy dreamer because impact wrestling decides this guy should main event all their fucking shows and so when he shows up in this it just kind of makes me dislike him even more it's all impact's fault as usual
0: yeah but tommy dreamer gets another pay-per-view booking it's amazing in 2019 but there you go so backstage they were going to interview kylie ray and then it led to some stupid librarian shit with peter avalon and leva bates which was not good no it was bad yeah very bad seriously bad it was just it was quite honestly stupid it meant nothing and just interrupted what could have been a fun little interview for Kay- Kylie Ray. So anyway, they hyped uh Cody versus Dustin and then we moved on to our second pre show match. Kip Sabian defeated Sammy Guevara in just under ten minutes. Thought it was a good and fun little match. They got the show off a bit. Wasn't quite as smooth as I would have hoped, but I thought they looked good and it was it was a pre show match. It was fun. It was good.
1: It definitely I think it came off better than the casino battle royale. Um the work was, the work was just smoother. I mean, a singles matches, unless your battle royal is like really good and you know has some stars and some really good surprises, which the casino battle royal re- really didn't. Um, Hangman Page was kind of the star and the the winner once he was announced as coming out. Um, so yeah, it, it came off better. Uh, the crowd didn't seem to know the guys too much. I think they knew Guevara from maybe being the elite. Kip Sabian is kind of more more of an unknown guy. Uh, but they they worked hard, and by the end, the crowd was into it. A little surprising that Kip Sabian won because they they pushed Guevara a little bit more. But maybe they got some some plans for kip sabian i mean this is where if wins and losses are going to matter like this is a bad look for sammy guevara and now he has to kind of work his way out of this so we'll see where they where they go with him on here
0: yeah so we got a promo for uh, sadie gibbs a uk talent coming in showing her working out and doing some cool stuff i thought it was well done video package of note on commentary we had alex marvez and excalibur during the pre-show they saved jim ross for the pay-per-view Alex Morbez was really rough. Didn't really add much of anything. Uh, Excalibur was the MVP like all night on commentary. So we had that going for us. See, uh, Jim Ross was making his way to commentary. Cody and Brandi Rhodes arrived with Pharaoh and their fancy truck. Kenny Omega was walking. Cody
1: decided to just skip the pre-show. He said, fuck this pre-show.
0: WCW, baby, arriving late. (laughs) So, uh, Kenny Omega was walking backstage and Matt Jackson met with Michael Nakazawa. Nick arrived, some goof asked him for their credentials and got a super kick. So then the Bucks, Cody, Brandy, and Kenny Omega arrived in front of the crowd. They welcomed everybody to the show and then Matt said he was excited to see 20,000 people here but Cody said the building only hurts 13, Matt. And Matt says, well, you round up in wrestling. So Cody says they set the record with 20,000, obviously taking a dig at WWE's Wrestlemania numbers. Um, I think they were just taking a dig at
1: wrestling inflating in general.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm I mean, I'm
1: sure it's a WWE thing because yeah. they'll do it more than anybody else. But and as we saw, they were not above taking plenty of digs in WWE on the show.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not a huge fan of that, but it, they're gonna do what they're gonna do. They said they were gonna make history tonight, and that tonight was the start of a revolution. Got when to you- Nash, God. Oh, one thing I didn't like, a couple things I didn't like about the pre-show.
1: One, did we really need, like, the librarian thing? Like, that was stupid. Like, this is a pre-show. In theory, like, this is, people are going to watch this for free. It was streaming on many different platforms. So the theory of any pre-show is, hey, watch the pre-show, get excited for the main show, buy the main show, like, to add last-minute buys and whatnot the librarian stuff was dumb the sadie gibbs promo i kind of understand sure like there was nothing on chris jericho during this pre-show and if you're looking to add last minute buys you would think he would be some type of featured part of this pre-show. Like the, the only thing that made me think, Oh, this, maybe this will add some buys is the, the Dustin and the Cody promo. I don't understand why there was nothing with Jericho and Omega and just pushing Chris Jericho is also on this show and main eventing. That was a, a weird call to me. And I didn't care for the four elite guys coming out and doing this little promo and baby facing the crowd. And then, working differently later and stuff. It was just kind of, like, they did it all in. It made sense at all in because it was a one-time thing. For for this, it didn't make, like, a whole lot of sense to me.
0: Fair enough, yeah. And I I do think that the pre-show was largely fine, but, yeah, I wouldn't say that it... If I was watching first time and was watching it, I wouldn't say that there was anything that made me go, I need to spend $50. And like you said, not mentioning Jericho, probably the biggest mistake of that, because you're trying to snag more than the whatever number of subscribers that subscribe to being the elite or know these guys from online. You're trying to look for casual fans and lapsed WWE fans. And, you know, Chris Jericho, maybe a nice, big, sexy video package would have uh, fit the bill there. But we didn't get it. So, good point. Uh, We moved on to the main card, got the national anthem. We opened up with SCU versus the Stronghearts, which were Ashima, Lindemann, and T-Hawk. The biggest downfall to this match had nothing to do with the work. It was that Jim (laughs) Ross kept referring to uh, Stronghearts as the Chinese fellas. Yes, I know OWE is a Chinese company, but... Jim Ross heard that and was like, they're all Chinese. (laughs) Apparently so. So, but uh, yeah, and he ran with it the entire time. You would think maybe Excalibur could nudge him or maybe somebody could get in his ear and go, Jesus Christ, dude, they're not Chinese. But no. Anyway, I, I thought that this was perfect match to kick off the show because... SCU are number one they're over, number two they're extremely reliable, and number three you know they'd work really well with pretty much anybody. Add in the fact that Shima is excellent in laying out um, trios matches from all the Dragon Gate stuff, and it just seemed like a recipe for success, SCU won in 14 minutes after the best melter ever. Uh, I thought it was a great sprint-style opener. Hell of a way to kick off the pay-per-view. And again, the only downfall, I thought, was Jim Ross's uh, Chinese commentary.
1: I'll get the bat out of the way first. I, I think Jim Ross immediately referred to them as OEW, so strike one. <laughs> and then, yeah, the, they're going to China. All these Chinese guys in there. He clearly could not tell them apart. He couldn't. Uh, he was rough and that was to be expected honestly i think we all figured he was going to be very rough in this match um and he was he, he kind of knew daniels maybe a little bit of kazarian i really don't think he knew scorpio sky at all and he definitely didn't know the Owe guys um so not a good start for for Jim Ross. The actual match was fucking awesome. This was so smooth. All these guys were just so great uh with the the moves they were pulling off, the transitions, just just everything. Like this was a perfect opener for this card. Like the crowd was ready to just cheer for anything. And they immediately gave them something to cheer about. Like the the work was, was great in this. A little surprising that uh SEU won because I thought maybe with the OWE relationship they would wanna kinda uh, showcase them. They, they got showcased, but I thought, hey, maybe they, they get this win here, say these guys are going to kind of be players, but I guess they're probably not going to be on the weekly television too much, so you want to go ahead and get SCU kind of established and get them going early, and they've been the team for uh, forever now, and the OWE guys, I don't know how much um, Lindemann and T-Hawk team on there. Um, I assume they don't work too many trios matches with, with Shima, so... I get where how SCU won, just kind of maybe a little surprising because I think I picked the OWB guys to win. But as far as a match goes, like this was just fantastic.
0: Yeah, hell of a way to kick off the show. And I, uh, I believe it was on Observer Radio. I heard that uh, Shima's actually moving to the U.S. to be uh, a big part of the company. Which
1: yeah, he's he's gonna be full time with yeah. them from what they've announced so and that's why if they had won it, it would make sense if she going to be there full-time but i still get why scu won
0: yeah but uh, he's going to be a really big asset and helping like if they do like a lot of trios matches and stuff because with all the stuff he's done in like dragon gate and everything he just has such a great mind for it um and i think he'll be a huge asset to the company so anyway, yeah, Excalibur really carried commentary here. Uh, next up was supposed to be the women's triple threat. Allie joined commentary to uh, hype her as part of the women's division. It was supposed to be Kylie Ray versus Nyla Rose versus Dr. Britt Baker, but Brandy Rhodes arrived and immediately healed it up because she was in her gear and everybody thought she was going to enter this match. And she said, you know, I, I knew this would be a good match. And she's like, but uh, and I don't want a great match. She's like, I want an awesome match. And that brought out the returning Awesome Kong. So it was uh, Kylie Ray versus Nyla Rose versus Dr. Britt Baker versus Awesome Kong. Jeremy, your thoughts?
1: The tease was very good. I was worried that Brandy was going to come out and just insert herself into the match because she was in full gear. It was very reminiscent of... Uh, new day with the back at WrestleMania when the Hardy boys made the return. So I like the tease there. This is another thing where she's a baby face in the opening or the, I guess the main event of the pre-show. And then she kind of plays heel right here. It's just, there was just a disconnect with that whole thing. Um, Austin Kong fine. I, I don't remember anything she did in this match. I'm pretty sure she did like one spot and then got taken out and was never heard from again. Uh, Kylie Ray is clearly a star. Britt Baker is clearly going to be like the ace of this division. And I don't blame them for for pushing her as such because she's very marketable um, and she's good in the ring as well. So it was, it was a good win for Britt Baker. I understand the. It sucks that Kylie Ray had to take the loss because I, I do see a lot in her, but you want to protect Nala Rose as kind of a, a monster heel in the division and awesome Kong. I, I don't know if she ever got back in the ring after leaving the ring, so maybe she just couldn't get back in the ring to take the pinfall.
0: Yeah, I thought it was good overall. I thought it was a. It, it largely let Baker and Kylie Ray shine, and they're going to be two of your bigger talents going forward for the division. So I was okay with that. And the Awesome Kong surprise came off well. The crowd really liked it. And yeah, it's like, when was the last time she was around? You know, it's like outside of the Netflix series, like she's just not been in wrestling and stuff. So it's a. Yeah, I mean, you know, people. I think people wanted to be entertained, wanted a surprise, and they got it here. So, yeah, good match. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker picks up the win, and uh, she was very happy. And Adam Cole was very happy for her on Twitter, so the happy couple was happy. That's good. We moved on to tag team action, and tag team wrestling really shined on this show between, like, the trios matches and the tag matches. Jack Evans and Angelico versus the Breast Friends, Jeremy. Uh, They got just under 13 minutes. I thought it was very, very good. Uh, Just, it built throughout, it kept getting better, the crowd loved it, and it was just really entertaining. Uh, The best friends pick up the win with Strong Zero, and everything was good and happy until the post-match. When the lights went out, and God after Impact, I was afraid it was Sabu for a minute. (laughs) But it was the super fucking Smash Brothers, the good brothers from Canada who have been exiled due to Visa stuff, and uh, they had a bunch of minions and masks, and they attacked and took out Evans and Angel Angelico. And then they hit the back- bat breaker on uh, Trent, and they stood tall. Another strong, strong addition to this uh, building tag team division, and a team I love. So your thoughts on the match and post-match.
1: Yeah, I don't know much about the Super Smash Brothers. I trust your word that if you say they're good and you love them, then they probably are very good because I'm sure you've watched 200 of their matches and I've watched maybe two. Um, I mean, the Young Bucks obviously like them and I think they know a little bit something about tag team wrestling. It didn't come off like I didn't have an issue with it. I actually thought it came off kind of cool. Like, hey, the lights are out the there's these kind of weird looking guys and they're here they're gonna make an impact and then they're out again and they've got minions like this is kind of cool and then they attack and then they do this like cool pose with the minions and stuff and then they turn the lights out again i thought like, that was a cool introduction it didn't come off well because the crowd literally chanted who are you and that kind of it, you know, you don't want your crowd chanting, who are you in the middle of this show when you're trying to make this this big introduction for these guys. So that was the only um, bad part about the, the post-match to me is the crowd just didn't know who they were. The match itself was excellent, more just great work. My only complaint about it is it did a lot of stuff that maybe could have ended the match and... Like, you knew you were going to get a lot of, like, big spots and a lot of uh, kickouts of stuff that should probably put the match away in the uh, Bucks and Lucha Brothers match. And they kind of did a almost a light version of that here where it was like, all right, that definitely should have been the end. That could have been the end. That could have been the end. Um, I don't have, like, overall, I realize that's going to kind of be the AEW style I don't want it to go too far in that realm, and Jim Ross was clearly not having any of it. Where he was just like, "Come on, like that's really not the end." Um, I, I'm not going as far as as Jim Ross would, but I think in a kind of not an open, not an opening tag team match, but a lower card tag team match, you don't have to go completely crazy and have these big kickouts of everything. And I hope that gets toned down a little on television I understand with this being a big show you can get away with this stuff a little bit more um with television I don't want them to go crazy with kickouts over stuff that should in the match
0: I agree with that I do think that uh I do think for this show because they were the whole show they had to hit a home run with this so I think that they were trying to give everybody a chance to deliver as much as they could but like you said if it becomes the norm on tv then it's going to lose all meaning So I will agree with that, but I thought here it was fine. Yeah, very good match. I thought everybody looked good, and uh, yeah, this uh, tag division is going to be pretty damn strong, I think. So AEW returns to Chicago on August 31st, uh, which is presumably the next big pay-per-view. We moved on to the uh, Joshi Trios match, Aja Kong, Yuka, and Emi Sakura versus uh, Shida, Riho Abe, and Mizunami. Um... I thought that the Joshi's... uh, There was one bad part of this match. It was near the end. They did a near fall. And the fucking bell ringer rang the bell. And it wasn't a finish. But I thought the ref covered for it well. And they went in. did, Did another finish. Got it all sorted out. Just over 13 minutes. I really thought that the Joshi's killed it here. They got a chance to shine. And if this is going to be part of their programming going forward, if they're going to be able to use these talents and this is something different, you're not going to see this on impact or ROH. I mean, ROH uses like the stardom women, like once a fucking year and half the time they're on YouTube. You're not going to see it in WWE. This feels different. And uh, again, we talked about it on the preview. This is something Kenny Omega is really, really behind. This is kind of his baby. And, um, Hey, if we're going to get shit like this on the TV and pay-per-views, I am all for it. I thought it was great.
1: This match was, again, just another excellent match where it's six women that maybe you've only heard of one of them, that being Ajakal. And But by the end of it, you're like, wow, I need to see more of these women. I thought they all looked really good. Yeah, the, the ending was... Obviously screwed up. I don't know who screwed it up. If it was, I, I would assume it was the timekeeper or it the, was. the bell ringer. Because why are you ringing the bell in that instance? Um, not not great there, but what can you do? Accidents happen. Um, otherwise, like these these six ladies completely killed it. I hope that this becomes. A regular thing they obviously they have ties to these uh, joshi promotions as you said kenny omega is very involved with that brandy rhodes seems to be doing a really good job with that as well um, they're kind of leading the women's division yeah if they can make them a part of the show weekly or get them on these monthly shows it can definitely be something different because no one else is going to have it uh, as you said so i, I thought this match was excellent i was worried about it because it was a thing where the crowd wasn't going to know them uh jim ross once again didn't know what was going on and but these ladies just went out there and completely killed it so big credit to them
0: yeah uh shida abe and mizunami won the match at the end uh really good stuff uh really enjoyable and yeah the, the only downfalls being the uh the the early bell ring and Jim Ross just being confused other than, I've never called a Naja Kong match before, I'm excited. And then he was the only one she talked about because that's all he knew. So, what are you going to do? So, we <laughs> headed up. We had Cody versus Dustin next. Cody got the Triple H-themed throne entrance. He broke out a sledgehammer and then destroyed the throne. Which he did get a huge reaction for. So I guess that was his uh, his big shot at Triple H there. And, uh, you know, I mean, people liked it. Uh, not my favorite kind of stuff. But what are you going to do? That's fine. And then we had Cody versus Dustin. And um I think I am safe to say that this exceeded everybody on the planet Earth's expectations.
1: Yeah, uh, 100%. I I thought it could be good. If they did the smoke and mirror stuff, I didn't think it was going to be as good as it ended up being. Um, Real quickly on the the throne stuff, the whole thing was hokey. I I didn't completely hate it. I'm not against something like that. I, I don't... I don't particularly like when other promotions take shots at WWE because this is what TNA did all the time, and it just made them look second rate. Um, I worry that AEW could fall into that same trap, but I think for this show with this audience, it worked in that sense, and it was better than you know your typical kind of, hey i'm really bitter about leaving w being fired by WWE, or whatever and then you cut a promo and all that nonsense like this was it was cute but hokey at the same time um but cody rhodes like felt like a big deal here uh and i think that was the the biggest thing and it wasn't because he is now the throne breaker which is a stupid nickname and i hope that doesn't catch on um like he just i i think i've told you this before cody rhodes oftentimes feels like he's playing pro wrestler and he he acts like he's a bigger deal than he is and more power to him. It's gotten him this far. Tonight he truly, truly felt like a big deal.
0: Yeah, I thought uh this was an excellent professional wrestling match. Cody ended up winning in uh just over twenty two minutes, went a lot longer than I thought, and I was getting I, I was a little worried that they would go too long and do kind of too much bullshit because we've talked about Cody loves to bring the circus to town, but they did a little of it early. Brandy got uh, kicked out of the match and then it just, you know, it had a great atmosphere. Crowd was into it before they even touched. And then they're going back and forth. And uh, Dustin's teasing the shattered dreams in the corner. Cody pulls off the buckle pad, trips him up into it. And this leads to Dustin tapping a fucking artery. And I'm not I'm not kidding. My man was wearing half face paint, and by the time the match was done, he was fully red face paint because of the blood. Uh, Jay Briscoe and Muda were like, "Damn, brother, calm down. That was a it was a big blade job." Um, I've been really critical of Cody in the past because of you know bringing the circus to town and kind of taking the cheap way around things, and you know some of his matches feel lackadaisical. But then there's matches like. He had a match with a Ibushi that was great, Jay Lethal was great, Okada that was great. And then you see, like, he can be a really great pro wrestler. And he put in a great performance here. But uh, quite honestly, Dustin may have actually put in, like, the best performance of his long career tonight. He's He's 50 years old, coming off double knee surgery, selling like a million dollars, bleeding buckets digging deep, trying to hang with his younger brother, which he did. You had the blood, the emotion, the great heat from the crowd. Most importantly, too, I think that it was it was different from everything else on the show. And that's kind of like a theme throughout the show, is they did a really good job of making the matches largely all feel different. And to me, that's when pro wrestling really succeeds, is when you have that big variety. And this was just really great. It fucking rolled. And, um, you know, I love the pro wrestling, Jeremy, when it's, uh, done like this, thought it was just an excellent, excellent match. One of the best, if not the best on the show, just depends on your personal taste. Post-match, uh, Cody tells Dustin, you can't retire like this next week at, uh, next month at the Fight for the Fallen show, I have an open contract, and, uh, it's me and a partner, and he's like, we're gonna face the Young Bucks, he's like, but I don't need a partner, I don't need a friend. I need my big brother and they shared a hug and they got a huge pop and the match and the post-match just came off fucking beautiful, man. Your thoughts.
1: This is just what I love about pro wrestling. I've said it before. I'm not, I don't do star ratings or anything like that. Uh, I, I love pro wrestling when I'm invested in a story when from start to finish, it just makes me feel something. And that's what this was. Was this a great match? Yes, it was. Was it the most technical match? No. The you know matches can be great for for different reasons. Um, like they they messed some stuff up. They they redid the the apron spot where Dustin did like the spin around um, when he's trying to roll him back to the ring. I don't know near the finish what they were going for with the the clothesline where they both did. Uh, I'm pretty sure
0: I'm pretty sure they were trying the Spanish fly there. I
1: thought so too and in the end they just both did remember when uh, Rikishi would do the flip off the rock clothesline yeah. Like that's what it looked like they both just kind of did the Rikishi flip there and I was like what what are you going for here? Uh, so, yeah, they messed some things up, whatever. Dustin is like 50, and Cody, I've never been, like you, I've never been super high on his work. He's had great matches with, yeah, Omega, Ibushi, Okada, like literally three of the top five wor- uh, workers in the world, and, and Jay Lethal, who was the-, the best worker in Ring of Honor. So literally four of the top workers in the world. I mean, a lot of people can have good matches with the, um, with those guys. And Dustin Rhodes is not those four. But it, it didn't need to be that. It didn't need to be like this great pro wrestling match in a, a technical kind of sense. It was this great pro wrestling match in a just an emotional sense. And from start to finish, from the introductions, corny sm- uh, throne breaking aside, just Dustin's intro, his music was great, by the way. The chance for Dusty, the, just the emotion on their faces, the the blood, like Dustin. Just, geez, God bless that man for for bleeding those buckets. Um, for this match, uh, the the finish, just everything. Brandy Rose with the spear, which was great. This was by far Jr's best match. It's amazing that Jr turned out to be halfway decent when he knew the people in the match and knew the story of the match. Uh, this is. This is one of those matches on this show that had a big story. Okay, Omega and Jericho sort of had a story playing on their history, but it was also just, it's Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, they're two big stars, they're going to be in the main event. Bucks and Pentagon were just, hey, two really good tag teams, and they've kind of done some stuff on the independence. they laid each other out, it, it is what it is. This was... You know, brother versus brother. Cody cut the really good promo on the Road to Double or Nothing special. Dustin was cutting really good promos uh, on Road to Double or Nothing. And then the, the promo we cut on, at StarCast. Like, this had a really good story behind it. And, like, uh, they, they delivered. So, credit to both men. The post-match was great. The hugging, the whole... I need my brother uh, to face the Young Bucks at the, the June or, I think, the July show. Like, I don't know how good that match is going to be. Probably good because it has the Bucks in it. Just everything. This is one of those things where I always just say, like, this is why I just love professional wrestling because of the stories involved in it and when when it makes me feel something beyond, like, yeah, that was just a, a really great match, and, and that's what this match did and this whole entire segment did for me.
0: Yeah, just uh, great stuff. I think the match with the Bucks will actually be really good because Cody and Dustin love teaming together. And uh, they, they kind of got cut short on that in WWE. And I think they'll be excited to team together. Plus, they'll be working with the Bucs and... I think, you know, Cody always, I mean, he loves those guys, and he's going to be excited, and I think Dustin's going to be really amped up because those are guys he's never had a chance to face. He's teaming with Cody again, and, you know, if he can bring half the damn energy and emotion he brought tonight, I mean, going to be possibly some great stuff. So they smartly moved on to a buffer segment because, I mean, that was just, I mean, the next match would have lived up fine to it, but it was just, you have that big emotional story and match and everything. You kind of need a little little bit of a breather. So they uh, did highlights of Adam Page winning the Casino Royale. And uh, then they talked about him facing the winner of Omega versus Jericho. And then they brought out Bret Hart to reveal the AEW World Title belt. Uh, Bret Hart came out... Um, I heard some rumblings that he was replacing Ric Flair in this spot because apparently Flair was going to do it, but then he had the the surgery and couldn't make Vegas this weekend. Uh, He brings out Adam Page, but MJF and Ultimate Asshole Mode arrives. And this crowd was into calling him an asshole. He is so, so much fun. He's just, I mean, he looks like such a douchebag that you want to hate. And I mean that as a compliment. I really do. He's really great at what he does. He uh, he mocked everybody for calling him an asshole. He said, you paid to see me, so who's the asshole? I'm the fastest rising star in wrestling. Then he was like, hey, Brett, watch out. Someone's coming in the ring. Joking about his Hall of Fame attack. He ran down Paige for having his bad leg and told him he should basically give him his title shot. Called Brett old. And then Jungle Boy and Jimmy Havoc arrived. And they, along with Paige, cornered him. And uh, they ended up kicking the shit out of MJF. Havoc and Jungle Boy took him into the crowd, and uh, yeah, it was a good buffer segment following the that Cody Dustin match. A nice little break, and uh, you know, you got the belt out there for people to see. You got a Bret Hart appearance, and uh, people seem to really like it.
1: I didn't like this segment.
0: <laughs> I I thought MJF
1: was great. He was the only good thing about this segment. Brett. Stumbled over everything, which I get it. He's he's older. He, you know, he's had a stroke and everything. He was never like the best on the mic or anything like that either. Uh, like bringing out Adam Page, fine, that made sense. MJF, again, he was really good. Then Havoc and Jungle Boy, and it's like, all right, why, why, like, why do they care here? I guess they're gonna be positioned as. Decent stars, and so they're trying to just get them some screen time. Sure, they they missed, and maybe this is Brett's fault, it's somebody, maybe it's production's fault, it's somebody's fault. Like, they missed the unveiling of the title. Brett doesn't even turn to the hard camera where you get like a good shot at the title either. It was just if you're gonna introduce this title like just introduce it just introduce it have adam page come out and be like this is what you're fighting for and, you know brett puts over adam page and it's like all right this is it like th- this is what it's time for instead it was just like a kind of a mess of a segment to me and just very unnecessary way to introduce the like their world title literally their world title i i don't know i didn't like it it, it truthfully felt almost like Mick Foley introducing the 24-7 title where he got the legend out there stumbling over his words he he pulls out this title and people are just like I mean in in our cases with this like we didn't even see the big unveiling and then you just got guys out there like who aren't even involved in the title picture and I I didn't like it I, I truthfully didn't
0: I think it's all fair criticism. I I think it worked only because I said you needed like a buffer segment. But I think the criticisms are all fair. Brett did stumble over his words, and that's, you know, something he he does quite frequently when he has promo time anymore. Uh, But, yeah, MJF was really good. And it's, yeah, um, the production for the most part on the night, I thought, was good. There were, you know, I mean, WWE does this, TNA does this, or, sorry, Impact does this, ROH does it. Every once in a while there was a missed shot here and there on a couple things like the belt review and a move here and there. I thought it was largely clean overall. I thought the show looked good. But uh yeah, valid criticisms, I don't I don't blame you for hating it. I just thought as a buffer it worked, but yeah, far from a quality segment. Uh, I'm
1: I'm fine with them like yeah the production had hiccups uh, they're gonna have hiccups WWE still has hiccups and I'm just convinced it's not even hiccups anymore they're just bad at producing wrestling television now with their fucking camera cuts and zooming and missing shots um, like they I, I thought they missed like Janela getting the cigarette stapled into his forehead in the, the casino battle royale like they, they had the reaction shot but didn't have the actual stapling they missed they missed moves and whatnot. I get it. It happens. You can't miss the belt reveal like this You just can't like you're revealing your world title This, this is the only thing you should be focusing on not MJF getting beat up by Jimmy Havoc jungle boy and, and Adam page like that shit doesn't matter You've got to have a shot of the belt being revealed and this this also falls on Brett because he's holding up it up towards the entrance And so if he's going to do that, you've got to have a camera in the ring shooting him and shooting the belt. Um, So I thought this was a production issue that just you, you can't afford in this one. You can afford move missing. You can't afford missing a shot at the belt, which is a really good looking belt, by the way. I love the design of this belt. Um, they said they were going to try to make it like the the mid-south north american title and they certainly went like big like that with all the the side plates and the the big centerpiece. Like it's a really beautiful belt. It would have been nice if we could have seen it a bit more.
0: Yeah, and again, these are all fair criticisms because like you said you, you can't miss stuff like that. It has to be it has to be the the focus of the segment. And when you miss it like that, it's like, well, it wasn't and You know, it comes across as a disappointment because uh, while we saw it on like Twitter and stuff, um, we didn't see it on the live show. And, you know, maybe not everybody that's watching the show is following on Twitter, so maybe they didn't see it. And they're still wondering what the hell Brett had in the bag. TDE Wrestling could
1: not pull together a good gif of Brett revealing the title. That tells you all you need to
0: know. I was just saying, that's almost impossible because that brother can pull a gif of fucking anything yeah he had
1: a good picture of he had like a good screenshot of brett holding the title which i is like the only screenshot anybody is using because it's the only good screenshot and it's literally one second of a screenshot he could he could not gif the moment that brett actually pulls the belt out of the bag and like, that's what you need you need that gifable moment and if T D E wrestling can't pull that out then you screwed up somewhere
0: yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, it is. So We then moved on to the co-main event for the AAA World Tag Team Titles, Champions the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros. Uh, the Young Bucks retained the titles in 25 minutes. Uh, I thought they had an excellent tag match. And again, this is a match that, um one of the best of the night, but it's going to depend on your taste. Um, if you like a big moves-intensive match, Um, with a lot of kickouts and just a lot of action and a lot of great tag team stuff, you're probably going to love this. But if you're more invested in story and stuff, you're probably going to prefer Cody and Dustin. They're two completely different matches. But I thought that they were both um, excellent matches with amazing crowds that just added to it. Um, This match was a hot crowd, balls-to-the-wall action. Both teams got the shine. It was basically them emptying their entire arsenal. The Young Bucks kind of digging into their PWG history with Steen and Generico for some stuff, like the uh the Buckle Brain Buster and Package Pile Driver. Uh just a lot of fun. Um great action that they kept it going the whole time. Just a lot, a lot of good stuff. And again, the tag team wrestling on this show really, really shined to me. And I think early on it's probably going to carry the company. Because you look at it, you got the best friends, you got um, SCU, you're going to have the OWE guys, you got um, Super Smash Brothers, you got Jack Evans and then Helico, you got the Young Bucks, you got the Lucha Bros. And that's just a start. That's a hell of a division right now. And if that's what you're going to kind of focus on early on, I think that's good. Because I think there's a lot of chance for that to deliver, but I thought this was excellent. Jeremy, your thoughts?
1: The tag team wrestling is definitely going to carry the or carry the the company for. I mean, just look at the next two shows. the The main event of Fighter Fest was, and it, this might, I would assume this gets changed in some capacity. We'll see, but it was supposed to be Omega and the Bucks against uh, Pac and the Lucha Bros, and like there you go. It's a it's a six man tag. I don't know what the main event of Fighter Fest is going to be, but uh, Kenny
0: uh, Kenny Omega versus Shima, I believe, is the announced main event now. For fight for the fallen, I think so, or no? Oh, fuck if I remember now. Yeah, They're...
1: Omega Omega and Shima are are wrestling at Fight for the Fallen, and th- this is what I was going to say. I don't feel like that's going to be the main event over the Bucks against the Rhodes because that's the bigger match. So you just look at their next two shows. You're probably going to have a tag team match in the main event. And granted, only the Young Bucks and the the Lucha Bros. We'll see if the Rhodes family teams a little bit more. But like the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros. Are your established tag team there? But this is what it is with the the tag team division. Like these guys can main event these shows, um, and then by then you get to all all out, and we'll see what happens there. But for it looks like the next two shows are going to be headlined by tag team wrestling. And if this was your big first tag team wrestling main event and in, in the co main event, like this, this set the table for everything because it was definitely something completely different than than Cody and Dustin. And this is why wrestling is so great because Cody and Dustin was an emotional roller coaster um, with a great story to it. This was it was a roller coaster in a different sense where it was just a lot of Peaks and it just kept peaking and peaking and peaking, and then you know it had the little drop off, but then it would go again and a lot of twists and turns. This was more like a looping roller coaster, I guess. Um, just, and it, the the the, goal, the purpose of this match was all right. Who is the best tag team in the world? And sometimes that's all you need is just who's the fucking best. Like you don't need complicated stories. Um, just who's the who's the best tag team? They pulled out. All the stops in this match. You said it went 25 minutes. It did not feel like 25 minutes at all. Like it truthfully felt like a 13 minute sprint. uh, Because that's just how quick this action went. There was no rest periods for anybody. And maybe if there's a criticism. Like that would be your criticism. Is they didn't have a whole lot of time for things to breathe. But when you're talking about the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. Like they didn't need to have time to breathe. And I like it was just great. It was a different kind of wrestling than Cody and Dustin, but that's what makes wrestling so great is both of those matches. You can watch them and be like, Hey, those were awesome to watch. They made me feel something and they did it in different ways. So great match. Um, the bucks winning a little surprising. I, I thought the, the Lucha brothers were going to end up winning, but I guess the bucks can go back to AAA and drop the titles to somebody who knows. Um, they they teased doing a big move on being the elite and as far as i know they didn't do it here there was at one point where even like jim ross brought it up and was like oh is that the move and excalibur had to correct him and be like no that's a motor city machine guns thing um so yeah i don't think they delivered on the big move i assume they're gonna kind of keep teasing that and maybe they bust it out at at some point and they they kind of slow build it but uh, I thought that was just kind of an interesting wrinkle that they teased this thing and then didn't, as far as we know, deliver on that.
0: Yeah, and I, again, uh, the strength and the variety of the card, I think, is what really helped this show. Because for the most part, I mean, this was a five-hour show, and we talk about how not not all shows need to be four and five hours long because they don't. Um, but then sometimes there are shows like this one that for the large part don't feel like 5 hours. We'll talk about the main event here in a second, which I know you thought had some drag to it, and I, I kind of agree. I, I don't disagree at all, but um, as a whole for the show, though, I thought um, I thought the match layouts were really good as far as when they happened and everything. I thought they timed out the show really well, and uh, everything just kind of worked. So we move on to the main event Chris Jericho's entrance was actually fun where he. They had uh, dudes dressed up as Jerichos from the past doing like the original Jericho entrance in WWE, the list entrance, the light up jacket entrance, and stuff like that. And then Dad Jericho came out with his wacky fedora and leather jacket. So uh, that was the uh, entrance. I, I thought that was actually kind of clever because. The whole thing with Jericho is everybody talks about how he's constantly evolved over the years, and I thought that was a nice play off of that. So, the winner of this match gets to face Adam Page, we know, for the AEW Championship down the line, likely in Chicago at the pay-per-view. Chris Jericho defeated Kenny Omega at 2350 via pin with his Judas Effect elbow strike. Your thoughts, Jeremy?
1: As, As I was saying before we went on the air, I did think that I mean, this was a long show. It was. It began. It began at seven. Um, this match was going on until eleven thirty, so four and a half hours, which I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because I'm I'm getting older. Four and a half hours just seems long to me. Uh, I mean, Cody even said that you know not every show was going to be nearly a four-hour show. It's just this was kind of um, special, and so I get that. Uh, after you had seen. Cody and Dustin and the Bucks against the Lucha Brothers like that's just very very tough to to top right there and credit to Kenny Omega who I feel like really worked his ass off in this match and just took I mean he suffered a broken nose he took some insane bumps in this match Uh, Jericho I, I was worried that he was a step behind two years ago at the, or I guess a year and a half ago when he first met Omega. He definitely looked a step behind. In this one, they they messed up the the obviously the the DDT spot that they redid, and Jericho Jericho just looked a little off to me. And you know the guy is older. He he trained really hard for this match from everything we we read and saw, but father time catches up to everybody and I'm not saying this was a bad match by any stretch of the imagination it's just it was a long show it had to follow two like real banger matches for for different reasons and it just could not live up to that uh the finish was definitely surprising I I thought Omega was going to win I think most people thought Omega was going to win and Jericho once Jericho hit the the Judas effect, the, the spinning elbow, I kind of figured, all right, well, that's it. I didn't, I truthfully didn't expect Omega to kick out because they've been like they've talked very much about we want to protect finishers and when a finisher hits, like we want that to kind of be the end. Like this is the first time this guy's hitting this move. If you kick out of it right away, then it's like, all right, what what does this move really mean? So I liked that this was the finish. It was. It almost seemed abrupt but I did like that this is the finish and Jericho winning you know now you got Jericho and Hangman and that's a that's a good feud for Hangman if you're going to position this guy as a star because I mean Jericho can get he got a fucking clipboard over like this guy can get anything over and if you're going to put Hangman as one of your stars putting him in there with Chris Jericho and doing a two-month build to all out like that's going to do wonders for Hangman. And then if he wins, like, that's even better. So I think Jericho winning, eh, this was actually the right call in the end.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. I, I actually picked Jericho to win, and I, I just I thought it was going to be the right play for this match. Um, I thought it was very good. I didn't think it was nearly as good as the New Japan match they had. Uh, I think it went a little long. It probably would have benefited from shaving a few minutes off. Um, But I thought it was very good overall. And then uh, this led to the post-match where Jericho made fun of all the marks in the crowd, said that he is AEW, that the company's for him, not the fans. He got them the company, the TV deal. He sold out the building. It was all him. He demanded a thank you. And that's when Big John Moxley arrived, laid out Jericho with dirty deeds, laid out the referee, and then brawled with Kenny Omega through the crowd, and at the end of the night, he laid him out on top of the giant poker chips on the stage and stood tall after he DVD'd him off of the, the chips uh through the stage. So out of the main event we now have Chris Jericho versus Hangman Page, and then you're gonna build to John Moxley and Kenny Omega, uh, which is a fresh match and a big match to do right away.
1: John Moxley showing up was I mean, they hit a home run with that. We talked about it in the preview. Were they going to be able to to pull it off? You know, it'd been it'd been teased ever since he said, "Like I'm not going to resign with WWE." And then people were like, "Oh, this is a work because WWE has announced it." WWE, if anything, WWE did all Elite Wrestling a huge favor with the way they presented Ambrose slash Moxley in the end because they made this they made it seem like with the send off they gave him there's no way this guy's coming to this company they like they gave him this whole shield reunion they you know they gave him wins uh, i guess he lost the EC3 but he got that win back uh yeah Drew McIntyre took him out but then they still like on his last pay-per-view he won they did the whole shield reunion special like they really pushed that shield reunion stuff and like they they treated Ambrose Better than they have treated just about any other co- any other star who has left the company on terms like this, and then he shows up here and it's like okay that like that's another that's not a you know throne breaking shot but that's still like a big shot at WWE and like his they pulled it off and kudos to them but from the talks of it it sounds like he was in immediate contact with um with aew when after his contract expired maybe even when he decided he was going to make the announcement uh that that he was leaving and it made this guy might be a hell of an actor because maybe he played WWE and was like yeah you know i'll probably just go around on the indies or whatever and then i'll be back here and i i don't know all the backstage nonsense that that goes on or what goes on in the mind of dean ambrose slash john moxley but I, full credit to AEW for pulling this off you know he lays out jericho he he attacks omega he lays out omega yeah you're building towards moxley and and omega now he got a huge reaction as you would expect him to get and again credit to them for having this surprise in their back pocket because we all speculated that it might happen and the the tea leaves were there but there was also some red flags that it wasn't going to be there, and, and they pulled it off, so complete credit to them.
0: All right, Jeremy, so double or nothing is in the books. We'll go baseball here. Did they hit a single, double, triple, or a home run with the show?
1: It, most certainly a, a home run. I mean, there wasn't really a bad match on the card. the The pre-show could have been better, but if your biggest complaint is about the pre-show, then... I mean, it's the pre-show um, commentary was rough to start. I thought Jim Ross got better when he actually knew the res- when he actually knew the wrestlers. Excalibur really carried things. I don't remember Alex Marvez saying a single word, so he could probably go honestly. Uh, production, I they missed some things. I, I already ranted about the, the title thing, the other stuff. You can kind of clean that up but it's their first show, um, so I expect them to, to get better in that sense. In-ring action from from start to finish, again, there wasn't a bad match on this card. They they set up things for the future. They did some really strong work tonight. I think my biggest complaint, and this isn't a complaint, this just has to do with, I guess, the timing and the the scheduling, is this show was a home run to me, and now you're following it up with two minor shows in June and July your next big show isn't until August and then you don't debut on television until we don't know when because nothing has been announced like they'll do some good work on being the elite but they're going like we said in the preview it just feels like they're going to lose a little bit of momentum with all of this because this was a home run show you got John Moxley on on your side now in your company and you can't get his face out there to the television audience weekly until whenever they debut. And he's going to be wrestling at Fighter Fest, so that's a good sign that he's going to be working their shows. And again, they'll do work on being the elite, but I they're going to lose a little bit of momentum from this, and that kind of sucks because this show was fantastic.
0: Yeah, it does. Hopefully they can uh, do what, what they can with the shows they have to try to keep momentum and names out there but i i certainly agree i thought it was a home run of a show uh again like you said minor production issues and that stuff's gonna have to be worked out but we have some time before we get the tv thankfully to do that and um so we will see what happens so we're gonna play some catch-up now and talk best of the super juniors uh from new japan pro wrestling we already reviewed uh Nights one through four, the last time we spoke. So we will hit three through eight tonight. Or I'm sorry, five through eight tonight. Uh, Night five uh, started off with Sho defeating Takamichi Noko in about 10 minutes flat via pin. This was uh, Sho finally getting on the board after suffering early losses good and competitive match uh Taka has been surprisingly good playing the crafty vet here in best super juniors and has been having good and fun little matches your thoughts
1: yeah fine match show wins as he needed to as we kind of see later on Taka is kind of just uh he's he's the veteran Ren Narita I guess because he's not winning anything and that's fine it's a it's a fine use of Taka. Good win for show. He he certainly needed it after uh, struggling out of the gate.
0: Fair enough. I agree. Uh, second match on this card was Marty Skrull defeating Tiger Mask at 13 minutes via pin. Uh, perfectly solid match. A little flat, I thought. But Marty picks up a good win, and he needed one here. So, uh, again, uh, I thought it was fine. Just uh, nothing special.
1: Yeah, same. Just... Kind of a match. Marty did need to win. Tiger Mask, as we talked about last time, kind of started strong. He'll obviously fade. Marty's going to be positioned kind of that uh, middle of the pack, maybe upper uh, upper tier at the near the very end. But Mar- Marty's just in a better positioning than Tiger Mask, so he needed to go over here.
0: Exactly. Next up, Taiji Ishimori defeated Teton at 11.45 via pin. Uh, Good match, uh, good execution throughout, um, but it was kind of a night off play the hits because Ishimori is legit banged up uh, now with his neck. Uh, Nothing bad, but it's just uh, if you were expecting like a frantic pace or a lot of energy, you didn't quite get it here, but it was at least good, I thought
1: it was a good rebound match for Ishimori because I think his match prior to this was the Skrull match. And that I like, gave my thoughts on that. I hated that <laughs> match. Um, yeah. Ishimori needed, needed the kind of a rebound performance. And if he is banged up, then yeah, he doesn't need to go out and try to kill himself against Teton. No offense to Teton, who I think is having a, a good run in this tournament. Um, but Ishimori could, could use the night off. So Strong, strong booking
0: overall, and a fine match. The theme of the night, agreed. Dragon Lee next up defeated the man Jonathan Gresham at ten minutes via pin. A little shorter than I was expecting. It felt like they almost went home um a little early, but while he lost, I thought it was a very good match and a um a good showcase for for Gresham as he largely dominated Dragon Lee throughout.
1: I wish this got more time. It. A- I mean, Dragon Lee's the champion. Jonathan Gresham, I think you can you could have showcased him more in this match. And you're right, he did dominate, so he did get some really strong shine in this match. But I still felt like he could have got even more because he, it, you know, it was a 10-minute match and you got the IWGP junior heavyweight champion here. I, I thought this could have been longer. Dragon Lee winning, not really a surprise. He's kind of had his loss. He's not going to be losing too many more matches, especially to kind of a, a mid-tier guy like Gresham. Um, yeah, Gresham got some shine. I just wish the, the match would have would have gone a little bit longer.
0: I agree. I wanted a little more, too, because I was really digging the match, but I thought it was very good. And we close up with Shingo Defini, and Kinomaru in 1530 via pin. Um, overall, I thought it was a pretty great match. Uh, Kenimaru used every heel trick in the book to try to get the advantage on Shingo, who's been just mowing fuckers down, which is exactly what he needs to be doing. And, um, but yeah, it gave, you know, Taichi, uh, got involved giving Kennemara a chair. Uh, Shingo ended up taking a chair, blocked the whiskey mist. And then he hit the Whiskey Mist on Kenamaro, hit Noshigami and the Pumping Bomber. And then the Young Lions held off Tai Chi again, which has been a fun little thread throughout the tournament. And Shingo wins with Last of the Dragon. 15.5, pretty great match. It's not my favorite style of match, but I did think that the Smoke and Mirrors and Kenamaro going with all the heel tricks allowed him to be competitive enough that it didn't hurt Shingo in any way but still gave us a fairly interesting match that made you think that they may screw Shingo here.
1: I I, I didn't have an issue with the match. Shingo, Shingo is really good, and they made him vulnerable in this match, which kind of set the table for the the upcoming nights in, in some instances. Um, I kind of wish they had just flipped because I never really bought that Kanemaru had a chance. They they tried with the heel tactics and to to make you feel like, hey, maybe this is the guy to beat Shingo, but come on, Kanemaru wasn't gonna beat Shingo. I, I wish they had sort of flipped, but because it was the main event, you can't just do like a, a 10 minute main event. Um I wish they had flipped the, the Dragon Lee Jonathan Gresham match and then this match and kind of just had Shingo keep going with uh let let me just run through these guys kind of thing and then give it more time to to dragon lee and jonathan gresham but because this was the main event they they had to give it more time and i think they played it smartly with the heel work and the tai chi interference and making shingo vulnerable but not like super vulnerable uh so i think they They worked around that well. I think overall we could have gotten a better night had they just flipped the last two matches and
0: let Gresham and Dragon
1: Lee go out there and, and really perform.
0: I don't necessarily disagree because I do think that, you know, I mean, a shorter Shingo Kenomaru match probably wouldn't have been as good but it would have been a better win for Shingo if he just kind of mows through him in like nine minutes and then you give the other five or six to Lee and Gresham, which could have been great as well. So, yeah, again, it's a, it's a fair criticism, I think. So, yeah, so that was night five. We move on to night six and we have, starting off, Rocky Romero defeated Ren Narita at 12 and a half minutes via submission. Um I thought this would be really good, and it was, because Rocky Romero absolutely loves Ren Narita. He talks him up all the time on commentary, and he gave him a lot here. Uh, Really good match. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Ren Narita continues to grow, and he was really good. He's having a strong tournament overall. Really enjoyable matches, even though he's losing all his matches, which is his rule right now.
1: MVP Ren Narita, as I've said on the last podcast, he is my best of Super Juniors MVP. Rocky Romero winning, no shock. Ren is probably not going to win in this tournament. He should. If New Japan Pro Wrestling wasn't a bunch of cowards, they would have this man win the whole thing. Um, Yeah, good match, though, because... As I said, it's tough to have a bad match with Ren Narita with the style he works and with these other guys because they're all really strong workers as well. And I, I've i always said since the beginning of time, maybe not that far back, but I've always been really high on Ren Narita and he's proving himself in this tournament. And Romero, as you said, loves him. And they went out, they had a really strong match and Ren Narita this is what he's going to do throughout the tournament. He's going to have three, three and a half star matches. He's not going to stink up the joint. He's probably, but he's not going to get enough time to have like some super classic. But hey, if he averages out to a three star, three and a half star match rating for his best of Super Juniors run, that's pretty good as a young line.
0: Yeah, he's he's definitely, and the, the thing is I also love when you watch like a guy like him is just just watching him grow throughout the tournament and stuff and improving, you know, he gets to work with a bunch of different guys. And then again, Rocky has been really great throughout this tournament too and was really giving to him here. Uh, Just really good stuff, really enjoyed it. Let me move on next. Uh, Bandito defeats Dookie at 10 minutes via pin to finally get on the board. Uh, I thought it was a good match, uh, better than Dookie's last effort versus Tai Chi, obviously, or Toguchi versus, uh, you know, which just, that stunk up the joint to me, but, uh, yeah, I thought this was really good, or not really good, I thought it was good, uh, Bandito finally gets to win, he's been a bit hit and miss in the tournament, but stepped up later on, but he picks up the win here, your thoughts.
1: I think this is where they finally just cut bait with the Doki and they realized this guy sucks. Um, I've, I've still been underwhelmed with Bandito. This was not going to be the match that was going to pull me out of that because he was wrestling Doki, so that it just wasn't going to happen. Good that Bandito got the win. Um, that, not much to it. It really just got Bandito on the board, and I think it really established, like, all right, we've tried with this Doki guy. We kind of gave him a backstory and all this other nonsense, and we've made you believe he's gonna win some matches and he has won a couple matches maybe just one but now it's just like all right there's no hope for this guy he's just gonna lose
0: yep moving on El Phantasmo defeated Robbie Eagles uh 10 and a half minutes thought it was a good match Phantasmo remains undefeated but quite honestly I thought Robbie Eagles outshined him here
1: yeah, Robbie Eagles is having a, a strong run and, and good on him. He he looks good during this run. And they're obviously pa- positioning Fantasmo for a big spot. So him winning uh, made sense and wasn't too big of a shocker. But Eagles, as you said, he's been impressing. Uh, during best of super juniors i i don't know if he was i thought they were they were pretty even like i i liked Fantasmo's work in this match and i, I like his work overall in this tournament but eagles has certainly been a guy who I mean, we talked about bandito being underwhelming because he just hasn't had sort of banger matches and okay maybe he hasn't had the time or anything but eagles he's been in a similar position where it's not like he's had a ton of time in these matches and he still had a better tournament than bandito
0: fair enough moving on chaos explodes as will osprey defeated young yo at 24 and a half minutes via pin thought this was a great match yo is really stepping up he's using the calf killer now uh just more edge to his work he's uh he's getting some of that vibe that show has that he lacks a lot of the time because show can be just so aggressive and he has such a great sense of urgency and yo is just kind of like his opposite personality wise and in the ring. But, um, you know, and show rightfully gets a lot of the headlines as the future star from the team. But I thought yo has been really stepping up, did really good here. He was a believable challenger to Osprex. They had the crowd buying into all the near falls, Great performance from him. Will Osprey just delivers again. I mean, he's he's Will Osprey, Jeremy. It's hard for him to pretty much to have anything but a good match these days. Uh, I thought it was great, certified banger. Just over four stars. Great stuff.
1: I told you, Yo is the star of the team. He's been better than Show in this tournament. Don't at me on that. It's the truth. Osprey is Ospreay. I. I I said it once, I'll say it again. He's top five in the world right now. He's just excellent at just about everything. Yo, he doesn't get the headlines that Show does. He doesn't get the cool music that Show has or the gear, whatnot. But he's just as good as Show and a match like this. Kind of shows that. Um, yeah, another another great match out of Osprey. Not surprising because this guy is just, again, he's great at everything. Um, no, nothing, nothing bad to say about it. Osprey winning, obviously, the right call because of the way they're positioning him. Good that Show got a lot in this match, got a lot of time. Really got to show something because, or Yo, sorry, really got to show something because I, we know they're high on Show and I'm high on Yo. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna outbook New Japan here. Fair
0: enough. Main event. <laughs> Taguchi defeated Bushi just under 15 minutes via submission. Overall good. Uh, definitely felt like a letdown though after the Osprey Yo match. Uh, a little bit overbooked at the end, but Taguchi overcame. There's nothing wrong with it, but they just weren't living up to Yo and Osprey.
1: Yeah, they weren't and that was you know, that was just a a a planning flaw, a booking flaw. Is if you're going to have like, Osprey's gotta be in, in the main event on this show because all right, I get big match uh Gooch and all this stuff and Bushi is fine, but you're not outperforming Will Osprey if you give him a guy like Yo, or really if you if you give him anyway, anybody like unless it's a a big match and there's really no one in this block who i guess they did taguchi and, and doki one night and they did um who did who did taguchi wrestle on the on the first night um, it escapes my mind
0: yeah i don't remember do re-
1: um Maybe, maybe Rocky Romero, or maybe Yo. I don't recall. Um, anyway, but Osprey should have been the main event here, and he should probably main event all of these shows, uh, just because like this is his block, and that's just a bad call by New Japan. The mat- the match was fine. It wasn't going to live up to the Osprey match.
0: Yeah, and that's um, I I get why they tend to position certain matches the way they do, but um, I definitely would have. Uh... Switched the uh, script on that one uh, Kind of like you were talking about The, the Dragon League Gresham match Probably should have main evented the one show and I think it's just uh you got Will Ospreay Who is just you know Fucking banger machine and I, I get that wrestling is personal taste And I'm not trying to rag on anybody But I get if you don't like Will Ospreay That's okay But don't try to sell me this bag of bullshit That Will Ospreay is a bad wrestler Okay That shit's like years old now. Dude is really good. Delivers against everybody. So, again, it's fine if you don't like him, but don't try to sell me this bullshit that he's somehow a bad professional wrestler. Not the case. So,
1: that's just my little... No, as as we've said, anybody who thinks is bad is still watching GIFs from two, three years ago and not full matches because this guy is flawless in the ring.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say flawless, but he's improved so much. And it's just... I said flawless. Well, you're, you're wrong. Why don't you go call Shane Taylor and talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move on to night seven. This was the uh, the night that they started doing all tournament matches, so no undercard tags. Taiji Ishimori defeated Taka five, just under five minutes. Solid little match. Taka had a nice game plan, but Ishimori gets the quick win, and... With him being banged up, again, the right call. Yep, nothing to it. EJ Moore wins. Moving on. Bandito continued his winning ways, pinning Ren Narita just over six minutes. Good little sprint. Narita with great energy in this. Bandito starting to feel a little more like Bandito in this match. Good stuff.
1: Another Ren Narita three-star special.
0: Yep, and that's not a bad thing. Sometimes we joke about that with people, but he's just, yeah. And then Jonathan Gresham defeated Teton at uh, 11 minutes via submission. Another good match, a lot of smooth counter-wrestling. Gresham is just so good and so smooth, and he just out-wrestled the Luchador, picked up the win. I thought both guys looked good here, and it was a fun match.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, No problem with uh, Gresham. I I think he's... It, It was interesting that this match... Got more time than his match against Dragon Lee, and that's why again i I wish they'd flipped that um but I love Gresham, and I think Teton has been impressive in this tournament for someone like me who doesn't know a whole lot about him. I'm interested to see more of him after watching him through throughout this tournament,
0: yeah, he's been a lot of fun overall, so uh yeah, no problem with Teton there. Next up, Rocky, or Yo defeated Rocky Romero, 13 and a half minutes via submission. Uh, Yo pulled out the calf crusher and got the win. Very good student versus teacher style match. Yo had a great game plan, outdid the teacher, picked up the win. Rocky Romero delivers again, having a hell yeah, of a Rocky, tournament.
1: Yeah, Rocky has had a hell of a tournament, and good on him because people kind of only see him as this kind of announcer manager nowadays. And Hey, Rocky can still deliver. And once again, I I really like yo. So I I had no doubt that he would deliver in this position and Rocky working with these young guys. And that certainly helps. Like you mentioned, he really likes Rennerita. He's high on him. He's obviously partnered um, with yo and has an investment in him. So he's going to try to make him look as good as he can. And, And just good work by, by both these guys.
0: Yeah, really enjoying both guys. Rocky's been so much fun in this tournament, though. Juice Robinson is doing commentary on the Quirk and Shows here, and uh, we had the Knife Pervert 2 video, and Juice was not amused at all by this. Why are we showing this shit, basically, he said. He's, <laughs> he was a treasure on commentary through these Juice nights. was
1: really good. He was different than Caprice Coleman. um, Like, not in a bad way, though.
0: Yeah, just, he was a lot of fun. Uh, come on now. There we go. So next up, uh, Dragon Lee defeats Tiger Mask. Nine minutes via pin. Good little babyface match. Uh, Tiger Mask playing the veteran role well. Coming close, but falling to the younger champion, as it should be.
1: Yeah, not, not much to a match here. Dragon Lee's the champion. Tiger Mask as we talked about last time kind of got off to a hot start and then faded.
0: Yeah. That's, that's kind of the tiger mass playbook the past couple years. And that's a, that's fine though. Cause he, he gets that little hot start against guys. He kind of should beat. And then he, you know, there's some drama in the later matches, which is good. Uh, Bushi defeated Dookie at seven twenty via pin. It was perfectly solid with Bushi finally getting on the board. Yeah. No, nothing to it next. Yep. Next up, Kenamaro defeated Show at 425 via countout. Kenamaro slid into his old shitty sleazy heel bag of tricks. They brawled on the floor, and they tripped up Show and beat him in to steal the win. And this is one of those little, um, you know, the heel finally gets his win, and Kenamaro is a great slime ball. I'll give him that. I I really
1: liked this because it, it was different. You know, one... When criticism i have about new japan is they do these count out teases a lot like a whole whole lot and you never really buy them and then when they deliver on one of them it's like oh well good they it, it finally paid off to something so i i like when these count out teases they actually deliver on something i'm not a fan of of count out wins and losses it's kind of just you know You want to see clean winners and losers. Um, But when they tease this stuff so often, when they finally do pay it off on something, it it makes it feel uh, special. So not that a count out win should feel special, but... Yeah, I, I'm glad they, they paid off all these count-off teases. And show. I mean, the guy isn't winning a whole lot, but he's also losing to the best, and then he kind of loses here to a veteran who kind of just pulled a, a dirty trick on him. He pulled the sneaky style on him. Rocky needs to get him back in there and teach him some more lessons.
0: That's right. Next up, Robbie Eagles defeated Taguchi 11 and a half minutes via pin. Really good, fun match. Uh, both guys were just they had a great pace. They created good drama with the near falls down to stretch, uh, you know, big match. Gucci pulls out some, uh, more serious style stuff. Robbie Eagles, I felt looked really good again.
1: Yeah. Another, another strong performance, uh, for Eagles and to kind of with a bounce back performance after his last one. And Eagles, uh, gets a good win here because they've put position to fairly strong thus far.
0: Yep. Yeah. Next up was uh Shingo versus Marty Skrull. Shingo defeated Marty 14 minutes via pin. They had uh Brody King finally get involved in one of uh Marty's matches to create some drama down the stretch. Uh kind of like the Kalamara match with Shingo and uh he's been such a dominant force here that they had to work something to where you know Marty's really good but Marty looks so small next to him that they had to do something to make it a little more competitive to where he could believably control things. I thought they did that. Um, you know, I didn't think we really needed it, but I understand why they did it. And it was good, just not great. I didn't
1: mind the, the Brody King kind of interference here because, as you said, they had to do something to make you believe Skrull was going to win. And they've done a good job of not utilizing Brody King thus far in the tournament. So doing it here kinda shows I think it actually positions Shingo stronger, even like he like he needs it at this point. But like, all right, this is a match where where Brody King kinda has to stick his nose in into things like this is a guy that you really got to look out for and you you need Brody King watching your back here. So I thought it made Shingo look a little bit stronger. Uh, I understand the gripes that, Hey, they were having a good match. Why do you really need it? But I also understand why they did it. And I I don't think it, it hurt it too much.
0: No. And I think it's fair assessment. Main event, big match will versus El Phantasmo. El Phantasmo picks up the win, just under 27 minutes. Thought they had a great match with a tremendous energy, and overall I thought it was laid out very strongly. Uh, this For me, this was Phantasmo's best performance of the tournament to this point. Um, Osprey just delivers again. He was a great babyface, surviving Phantasma's uh, assault on his neck. Great home stretch. Fantasma took control of the block with the win, and Osprey kind of at a point to where he's basically bulletproof because he can take this loss; it doesn't hurt him in any way, and it only helps El Fantasma.
1: And that's the thing with with this match is you. They clearly want to establish El Phantasmo and they've kept them undefeated up until this point. And if he was going to lose, like losing to Will Ospreay really isn't going to hurt you. But if you want to make this guy and they want to make this guy, then you you have to beat Will Ospreay because he's fucking Will Ospreay. Like he is bulletproof in, in this tournament and even above this tournament. So... I, I thought this was a well laid out match. Will Ospreay was going to deliver because he's Will Ospreay and Phantasmo is good. You kind of had that built in backstory uh, with these two as well. And just it's a, a fine, perfect, not perfect, but just a very strong professional wrestling match from, from start to finish. And just another one of those matches where you feel something during it. And I thought both guys did a great job and the layout was strong and the, the booking was strong as well.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Real quick before we move on to Night 8. I forgot our little promotional deal at the beginning. You can follow the 411 on Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and of course the 411mania.com website. Please make sure to subscribe and share the show around. And if you have time, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. So we now move on to Night 8. And uh, we start off Jeremy with... El Phantasmo defeating Ren Narita. Yeah, Phantasmo wasn't going to lose after just beating Ospreay. Um And
1: Ren Narita did his thing. Another just perfectly acceptable match.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Ren Narita is just, he's so much fun. And especially when you're in and Hall, it's so great because the fans react to him so big. And they're just into like every near fall. And it's so good. And uh, just really enjoyable stuff. It was never in doubt, but uh, Phantasma was also a great dick heel here. He was just such a shithead in the best way possible.
1: I mean, he had every right to be. He just beat Will Ospreay, and now like he's facing this young lion, so... They they kind of gave you the impression that hey maybe he's a little too cocky here and the Rina Rita can can pull it off, but that was never really going to happen. Um, I thought this was this was strong character work by Phantasmo in a match that
0: he was never in doubt. Yeah, and uh, a great Juice Robinson commentary line at the beginning was uh, Kevin Kelly asked Juice how he was and he said I'm happier than the pig and shit than the pig and shit, and then El Phantasma comes out and he goes speaking of shit just dead is <laughs> yeah juice was having such a good time next up teton juice def- was
1: definitely drunk off his ass during this entire tour
0: well, he probably was but he was funny as shit man i laughed oh no i don't blame the guy like he i'm sure he got paid a
1: decent amount to just kind of sit there and talk about these uh juniors who he probably doesn't work a whole lot with i mean he has Uh, stable connections with them but he's not like wrestling these guys on a one-on-one basis too often and hey it's good money if you can get it
0: that's right so next up Teton defeated Taka just over eight minutes via pin pretty good little bit of an awkward finish but uh Teton stays uh rolling as Taka continues to lose yeah, Taka, I mean, he's
1: just kind of dunzo in this tournament. And again, Teton. I, Taka's put in some good performances, though. He's kind of, again, he's like the veteran Rennerita Arita at this point. And in Teton, I, I still like his work throughout this tournament. So I thought this was another solid match.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I mean, Taka is, when you look at it, I mean, this is the perfect thing for him to be doing is putting people over. He is the you know, the low man on the Suzuki gun totem pool for the most part, you know, he's, he's generally just the hype man for Zack Sabre Jr., which we all love, and, um, yeah, so, I mean, he's, he's having good outings for the most part, nothing's been bad, and it's, yeah, it's working, so, next up, Robbie Eagles versus Bushi, uh, Bushi picked up the win at, uh, just over eight minutes, and uh, Kevin Kelly was running down and talking about uh, Bushy's accomplishments. And he praised, he was basically talking about his mask and everything. And Juice says, and most importantly, he looks like an asshole. Just, <laughs> I don't know why. I laughed so much. So, just fun. Uh, yeah, but again, good match here. Nice sense of urgency. Bushy picked up the win he needed. After hitting the MX, and again Robbie Eagles, another good performance. Bushy looked good. Good match.
1: Robbie Eagles should have won.
0: Well, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but he didn't. So you should give out me the won. pin, Gato. Gato's a coward. It's very true. Next up, Jonathan Gresham defeated Tiger Mask. Uh, Nine minutes thirty seconds via pin. Good and fun match, filled with a lot of counter-wrestling, and we got a bit of grumpy Tiger Mask in here, which is always good because that's always the most fun Tiger Mask, especially when he works with young lines. That's always good. But I liked it. It was good.
1: Yeah, Gresham, again, good, good tournament thus far. Tiger Mask still kind of down that same kind of road where he picked up some wins, and now he falls back in line where he was always going to be.
0: Yep. Next up, Yo back on the board again, defeating Dookie at 11.45 via pin. Uh, Actually, good match overall. Yo looked great. Of course it was good. My man, Yo, carrying things. Now, who's your man? Is it Yo or is it Shane Taylor? I'm getting so confused. It's 100% greatest wrestler in the world, Shane Taylor. Fair enough. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, Yo continues to look good, showing great fire, really enjoying this tournament from him. Good match, and again... you. You drag good out of Dookie, and you're a hero. Got knife pervert two video time, which again pissed off uh poor Juice Robinson. Situation. Yeah, can
1: can Juice pay off somebody to not to not run this video every single fucking night? What kind of pull does Juice have here? I mean, I mean, it's good on on New Japan. Uh, we mentioned this when they they first started running these videos. Is they're going to run these videos like? every single fucking night because this is what they do and they're good at that and they like building this uh, drama it's obvious that they just threw juice out there on commentary so they can keep running these videos and have a reason for it and you know that's a smart move i'm not knocking it at all i i feel bad for juice that this guy's just trying to do commentary for best of super juniors and they're running these damn videos on them
0: but he's hilarious every time they show it. He, like this this time he was like, why are we showing this? He's like, this is about the juniors. He's like, we don't need to be seeing this crap, you know, just going on. He's like, why are we even showing this again? He's like, hasn't yeah, everybody already great. seen like this? That,
1: that should be his reaction because if I'm Juice, I'm wondering the same thing. Like I'm just out here as an innocent bystander trying to do commentary for Best of Super Juniors. And you're showing like this video that you've shown a million times and just knock it off. Again, Juice, you got to get some pull, my man.
0: I know. Next up, Marty Skrull versus Show. Marty came out limping, all bandaged up from his battle with Shingo, selling his injuries. He had Brody King with him. But unfortunately for Young show, it was a trap. Marty was just fooling him and attacked him, hit a powerbomb for an early near fall, and then they proceeded to have an overall great match. Marty just healing it up to, like, turned it up to 11 on the heel scale. Really great. Show had to overcome. He was disappointed after a shitty count-out loss to Kanemaru, and he had to overcome here. The crowd was hot for everything they did. Show picks up the needed win, and uh, just great match. Loved it.
1: Show really stepped it up here. Not that I had any doubts that he he couldn't step it up. Um, and Skrull, I I always like Marty Skrull. Um, Show needed the victory, especially after with the countout loss. And you know, picking up a win over Skrull is is a really strong win for Show, especially in a, a such a strong match like this. So just really good stuff by by both of these guys.
0: Yeah, and again, you know, it is it is a good win for him, too, because a lot of people forget Marty's former IWGP junior champion. So it looks really good for show picking up the win here. Moved on, Taguchi defeated Rocky Romero 10 and a half minutes via pin. This was officially unofficial for the recognized coach of New Japan for a wrestling. Uh, they, of course, mixed in some comedy and had a good time. I think these, these guys look like they were having a ton of fun doing this. Crowd loves them. They had a lot of good times, and I'm just it was good, it was fun, it was lighthearted, it was a nice change of pace. And, um, you know, it's there was a little bit of seriousness to it, but you know, again, it was very lighthearted for the most part. And while Taguchi won, they ended up agreeing to co coach New Japan at the end, and they posed together, so everybody was happy.
1: They they just went out there, and they were having fun, Michael, and there's nothing wrong with that in this match. Romero continues a strong tournament to Gucci. He, he's had a strong tournament, and this felt like a night where he didn't have to kind of go all out and be big match Gucci. He could just kind of play to that comedy a little bit more, so I had no problems with this.
0: Fair enough. Moving on, Kanamaro defeated... Taiji Ishimori at just under four minutes. Um Kenamara has historically owned Ishimori throughout their battles. He's like 11 and 0 against him going into this one through all the years of no and stuff like that. It was perfectly okay for what it was. It was Kanamara getting a sleazy heel victory. And um, you know, I mean it's you know, you had to get Ishimori a loss here. And, I, again, Juice Robinson's shining at the end as Is Ishimori loses, and he yells out, Cock-blocked, boner soldier! <laughs> so, yes, Juice was very much drunk and having a good time.
1: Oh, uh, Juice was so, so fucking good. He's so good during this. He really was. Um, yeah, the, this was really, if you had doubts about ishimori kind of being banged up like this kind of put all that to rest because he's definitely a little bit banged up he you know they worked a like a really brief match here and then kenomaru picks up the victory and and yeah, kenomaru they're kind of positioning him with uh with these last couple of matches as someone who can who can be a threat and i do think he has a big match and on the final night so i understand why they're doing that i i I don't buy him as such, but they're they're establishing him well, and I, I'll give them credit for that.
0: Yeah, they're trying to set him up as a potential spoiler, and there's nothing wrong with that. And again, it's sleazy little heel wins that plays perfectly into his character. So next up we moved on to Will Ospreay versus Bandito. These guys had an excellent match over WrestleMania weekend and I was really excited for this one. Will Ospreay defeats Bandito in just a second under 18 minutes via pin. And this was the match everybody was looking for for Bandito, Jeremy. He had had a fine tournament, a little underwhelm... Excuse me, a little underwhelming, a little understated. And then him and big match Willie lock it up here and deliver an absolute fucking banger. Match of the year style contender. I loved it. Your thoughts?
1: This was certainly... You know, we talked about Bandito's kind of underwhelming tournament so far. And, okay, he maybe he hasn't been able to, to wrestle the best guys. Maybe he hasn't had enough time, whatever you want to call it. But, like, this was his spot. If you go in there with Will Ospreay and you get as much time as as these guys got. Like, we know... We know what they can do. We saw them over WrestleMania weekend at the WrestleCon show. I still cannot believe New Japan or ROH did not put the kibosh on that match because I, like it would have been more special like if this was the first time we ever saw it. But because we've seen it once, this still a great match. I don't think quite lived up to the WrestleCon match um, but this was certainly the match that you wanted out of Bandito here and this was the match that Bandito was going to deliver and if he was going to deliver and I, I had no doubts about this match really one because it's Will Ospreay and he's fucking great and two like Bandito is fucking great despite his
0: underwhelming tournament he's really really good and he showed why in this match. I actually liked this one a little bit better than the WrestleMania weekend match. I thought it was a little bit better. I thought that, uh, the time was good for it. I thought that the second half was just great change of pace moments, excellent drama. Um, and I thought they did a great job of making Bandito feel like a viable winner. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, I I thought Osprey would win this one, but they made me question it a few times. And, um, For me, it's the match of the tournament so far. And, uh, Jeremy, these fellas are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) if you thought it was better than the WrestleCon match, like, I'm not
1: going to argue. It's literally arguing over half a star, or not even that, a quarter of a star. Yeah, Yeah. like, it's a a quarter of a star. And I, I don't do star ratings anyway. I just you always tell me that like what's a five-star match. It's a gut feeling. I, my gut feeling yep. is the WrestleCon match was better. Maybe I should go back and, and watch them both back to back and I'll have a better deterring of it. But just after watching this match and after watching the WrestleCon match, I felt more after the WrestleCon match. Again, hey, we're arguing over less than a quarter of a star here because yeah, they're both excellent matches. My yeah. 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 It, it's, it's not that serious. Um, but yeah, these guys, these guys are f- fucking phenomenal.
0: Yeah, and just when you thought that was awesome, we go to the main event. Shingo defeated Dragon Lee seventeen forty via pin. And you know, this was a match that you know a lot of times you would look at a card like we talked about the AEW card earlier and how you know Jericho and Omega didn't feel like it lived up to like Cody and Dustin and the Bucks and the Lucha Bros. But uh, these boys. These boys went on and also delivered a fucking banger. This was just so good. Because it was... It was just everything you love about Shingo. Everything you love about Dragon Lee. Working this fucking great back and forth match. Drama building throughout the entire match. And then they get to the home stretch. And there is this amazing part near the end. Where Dragon Lee starts making a comeback. He hits a code red... Then he follows with a knee strike, a rebound German, another knee strike, a reverse Rana, and then another fucking knee strike. And Shingo kicks out at one. And Dragon Lee looks like he's about to shit his pants. Because he knows he's done. He unloaded his entire arsenal on the Beast. And the Superior Dragon won the match as he countered Destiny hit last of the dragon, and put away the champion. So, not only is Shingo just running roughshod over this tournament, he beat the champion, so if by some miracle he does not win the tournament, he's going to get a title shot. Again, this was excellent, excellent stuff. I liked uh, Bandito and Osprey a smidge better, but if you tell me you like this one better, I couldn't argue with them. They're both excellent. They're both up there for best matches in the tournament so far. And just a great, great main event to close things out. Uh, Just Lee unleashing everything he had on Shingo. Only to fail and look like he was scared to hell at the end. Was just great stuff. And Shingo is just such a star.
1: Shingo is amazing. Dragon Lee amazing i like this match better than than osprey and bandito and let me tell you why you were wrong to like osprey and bandito more i'm just kidding um i I, but i did like this match better i i thought the the stakes maybe felt a little bit higher because we know shingo has been on this amazing run and he's you know he's undefeated never been penned and and whatnot and like now he's facing the champions and, okay, the champion can lose in this format. He's already he's already lost one match, so it's going, like, it's happened. But you don't want your champion losing too much, and with one loss already there, it's like, all right, is he going to pick up that second loss? Um, and then for Shingo, like, he's facing the champion. Like, this guy's a champion for a reason. Uh, so if anybody's going to beat him, like, it could, like, the champion would make sense to beat him um so i thought just in that sense the stakes were higher for this match they delivered big time the the ending stretch with the kick out at one and dragon lee just being like what do i gotta do to beat this fucking guy and then shingo just killing him right after that such such good stuff and it really like We knew they were gonna position Shingo strong when everything was announced because they've been positioning him strong Literally since the day he debuted in in New Japan But this was just like really like if you had any concerns about You know, all right Dragon Lee is gonna take him down a notch or whatever like No, like Shingo is here and this guy I would be shocked if at the end of this whole thing uh, he's not the champion because like, that's where he's at, and it really builds to something even bigger now, because Shingo's going to get his match against Dragon Lee, whether he wins this tournament, which we all kind of assume he will, uh, but if he doesn't, then he's got this victor- victory over Dragon Lee, and so you, you that establishes him as a as a credible title challenger. And now you've got something else to like play on. Like, How does Dragon Lee... like He hit this guy with what he thought was his best shot, and he got one. What does he do next time to put this guy away? And I think the rematch is going to be even better than this match.
0: And that's a scary thought, because this was fucking excellent. And the, the one big important thing, too, to look at is... Um, you know, Dragon Lee, he unloaded pretty much everything, but he never was able to hit Destiny Kidora, which is his finish. So that's the thing is, if they do a rematch and he actually hits that, that is going to lead to a great near fall. And that's going to be the big tease, because everybody knows he didn't hit it here. So, you know, he hit everything else. Fucking through a kitchen sink at one point, I'm pretty sure. But, yeah, just, um, just couldn't overcome. Shingo is, it's amazing, because you know, Shingo's been wrestling for like 15 years, and he's been great for a long time. But it almost feels like we're, like, really getting into his prime right now. And it's just, it's so good to watch. And it's so enjoyable. So, have you watched Night 9, Jeremy? Yes,
1: I have watched Night 9. All
0: basically. right, well, good. Then we will talk about Night 9. I thought you might have. But I didn't want to assume. So, Night 9. We move on. Show defeats Tiger Mask in our opener, eight fifteen. 8-15 good match again tiger mask, The story putting up the good veteran fight before losing to the junior ace in this one
1: yeah show needed a win here tiger mask can can take a loss it's fine match and good on show
0: exactly we move on will osprey defeated ren narita 845 via pin really good little sprint ren narita just delivering again crowds are into his near falls tremendously fun stuff, and like the Rocky Romero match, Will gave him a lot here, and just a ton of fun.
1: MVP, Ren Narita pulling out an excellent match over fairly decent wrestler Will Ospreay.
0: (laughs) Fairly solid and gentlemanly Will Ospreay, yes.
1: Yeah, he's (laughs) alright, but you put him in there with Ren Narita and it's just gonna boost his value
0: that much more. That's right, Ren Narita's a star maker. What are you gonna do? Marty Skrull in our next match defeated Kenamaru at 5:35 uh, via pin. Solid little match with the villains trying to out heal each other, and Marty wins with Black Plague in the end. And uh, yeah, they did some stuff where Marty had the umbrella, blocked the whiskey mist, got a cradle, and stuff like that. But yeah, it was a, it was kind of fun. It was solid, you know. It was just like the heel stuff, so it was, it was what it was. I
1: like the 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 Marty kind of the umbrella gimmick I, I told you i'm a i'm a big fan of marty Skrull. this this is one of those weird ones though where it's like you've kind of been positioning kenemaru as as a threat a spoiler and then he, he loses quickly to to marty Skrull. and uh, this block um it, it's just an it's an odd block to me and the like, Kenamaru fine i i think he honestly should have won here to try to to, to give him more of that position as the as the spoiler there. And, I mean, Shingo, Shingo is going to to win this block. It is what it is. But Kanemaru is... I don't know. I, th- I thought he should have won this match.
0: I think that's a fair observation. Moving on, Robbie Eagles defeated Dookie, h 16, via submission. Uh, good match. Uh, Dookie made it dirty. He uh, ended up busting open Robbie Eagles with a DDT on a chair on the floor. Uh, Eagles overcame, and I thought looked good again. Again, he's having a good tournament.
1: Good stuff from Eagles.
0: He's fine now that I
1: I feel that they've kind of just established where he is on the pecking order. They're not going too hard with the... Hey, this guy's a threat. This guy, you know, Tai Chi's Tai Chi's hitman. He's got nothing to lose, and blah blah blah. Like they're just kind of like, all right, he's not all that good, and he's just kind of settled into things now. Um, he's still not great or anything, but now that our expectations—and that's probably what it comes down to—is our expectations have been lowered, and so we're just like, all right, this guy. We're not expecting anything out of him. If he has just a
0: decent match, then we're excited. And he's he's doing fairly well since then. As long as I'll he give doesn't give him some credit. As long as he doesn't have any more shitty Dollar Tree Desperado matches like he had with Teguchi, I'm okay. So Moving on, Shingu defeated Takamichinoku just over seven minutes via pin. Um, it was fun, uh, Taka went old school wearing the blue gear, which led to Kevin Kelly talking about their history in WWF and how Mrs. Yamaguchi was a dish back in the day. So, uh, lots of heel shenanigans from, uh, Taka, tried to use every advantage he knew, eye pokes, everything, he used it to post in figure four, just trying to do everything he could, he even busted out a second rope moonsault to the floor at one point. And, uh, yeah, just Taka working really hard as the, uh, the cranky veteran, but, uh, he was not ready for Mr. Shingo. Shingo killed him with the pumping bomber, hit last of the dragon, put him away. Good little match. Taka played his role well. Shingo continues to roll.
1: Yeah, I mean, Taka was never going to, to win this match, but I still think he's had a strong tournament. Shingo wins because Shingo should win.
0: That's right knife pervert Two video time and the latest rumor is that the knife pervert and this will be interesting to see how it plays in multiple companies is that it's going to be mark haskins it'd be funny if it was mark haskins and new
1: japan was just like yeah fuck your lifeblood bullshit." like this is the story (laughs) we want to run i think it'd be great because i mean if i'm new japan i don't know what their deal is with roh but after i just watched that aew show i'm like why why am i sticking with these guys because you know roh kind of doesn't have a whole lot going on and aew is like they're the second biggest promotion right now so i i think it'd be fine if new japan just undercut roh booking and is just like yeah who gives a fuck what you're gonna do we know we're carrying both of these companies right now anyway like you guys would be Uh, shit without us right now so either step your game up we're going to AEW and just deal with whatever they're basically just going to treat them like Vince treats NXT like yeah just deal with it figure it out we're the top show even though NXT is a better quality product
0: This is true. Next up, Bandito continued uh, continued, uh, to pick up another win here as he defeated Taguchi Just under 11 minutes. Very good match overall. Taguchi was very playful here, but he had some uh, flashes of big match Gooch while Juice Robinson was making sure that we all knew that Bandito should take off the mask because my man is guapo as fuck. (laughs) Love Juice. Oh, my
1: God. Juice, I mean, Bandito's in Lifeblood, so, I mean, Juice would know if, if Bandito is guapo as fuck, so, I mean, the comment makes sense. Um, good good follow-up for Bandito after the Osprey match. He's kind of turned it around here into Gucci, as we've seen through this tour, uh, Can can raise his game when he needs to. That's right. And a good win for Bandito, too, because Taguchi has been positioned fairly strong in this tournament, and Bandito has been underwhelming and hasn't done a whole lot until you beat Taguchi, and it's a, it's a good win for Bandito.
0: Completely agreed. Moving on, Taiji Ishimori defeated Jonathan Gresham at just under seven minutes. It was good while it lasted. Gresham looked really good again, and Ishimori gets in and out with another quick match uh, so he can hopefully start to recover yeah this is a shame that
1: uh, to, uh, Ishimori is kind of banged up because this could have been a better match but because Ishimori just needs some time off to, to sort of heal here he's got to work these these shorter matches and so it almost feels like we're, we're getting robbed of some some good matches there there's been like okay he doesn't need to go along with like taka or anything but a match right here could um, could have done wonders for Gresham and could have just done wonders for for match quality.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it is a shame, but unfortunately that's kind of what happens when we work these uh these long tournaments. Speaking of injury, Talk is actually going to be off of night 10 due to his uh he has a leg injury, which will give Dragon Lee two more points in the standings uh via injury forfeit. So, that's uh, later on, but
1: yeah, Ta- Taka. I mean, he was going to lose that match anyway. So. Exactly.
0: So it doesn't really matter. Good for good for Dragon Lee just to get that one off. That's right. He he could use a nice little break. So, uh, next up, uh, Bushi defeated your boy Yo at just under twelve minutes. Thought it was a pretty good match. It kind of lacked intensity, and it 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 wasn't long, but it kind of felt longer than it was to me. I don't know about you, but it was it was pretty good. Just kind of there
1: bushy dragging my man yo down that's what this was i've been bushy just not doing a whole lot for me and i i said it earlier on previous podcasts like he didn't do a whole lot for me in the first place and this tournament hasn't really changed my mind on him
0: uh, you're not the only one that thinks that bushy is very inconsistent there's times where he looks real good and then there's this like he goes out there and just kind of He goes through the motions, he does the shirt choke, he does the mist, you know, it's like, okay, buddy, we've seen it all, so. But moving on, we had a great match next. Dragon Lee defeated Teton at 14 and a half minutes. Very good and competitive match between babyface friends. Teton really stepped it up, having his first great outing of the tournament, and Dragon Lee just continues to deliver again.
1: Yeah, Dragon Lee's been strong throughout this tournament as you would expect from a guy who's going to get long matches and the guy who's the the champion of the division. And as I've been saying, I've been impressed with Teton and this was his first I feel like his first real opportunity to go out there and have a a strong outing um because he got, you know, he's wrestling the champion, he's wrestling one of his friends and he he stepped up and delivered here. So, good on Teton. He's he's been kind of my breakout guy in this tournament like if you're coming into this tournament blind and you kind of only know just the new japan guys and so this is your first experience with uh titan and, and bandito and gresham and um i'm sure there's a-, a couple more guys that i that i might be missing uh maybe even robbie eagles even though he's been around a little bit uh and even like el phantasmo like Teton outside of like maybe Phantasmo because Phantasmo has just been positioned better than, than Teton. But I think Teton is kind of the breakout star of the, the, the best of super juniors rookies here.
0: Even over your boy, Ren Narita.
1: Well, everyone knows Ren Narita. They know <laughs> I know great. I
0: know. So, but yeah, great match. Really enjoyed it. And uh, just, it was nice to see Teton get a little more time, get a chance to deliver And yeah, Dragon Lee just uh, killing it. And then our main event of the evening... Rocky Romero defeated the undefeated El Phantasmo... 28 minutes and 50 seconds via submission. This was absolutely great. They played... This was Rocky Romero's Rocky story. He just... It was the story of the aging veteran... Trying to make the most of what may be his last Best of Super Junior run... And not only has he shown that he can still go, he's had really good to great matches, but he steps up here, he survives, he overcame. It felt maybe a little overbooked at times, but I will say it played in well to the whole story down the stretch, which was Rocky overcoming, they kind of did the Eddie Guerrero spot with the belt, and just uh, the crowd was into everything Rocky did they were rallying for him commentary was rallying for him everybody wanted to see rocky beat this douchebag and that's 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 all they wanted from this and it was a great match down to stretch they were it felt like they were teasing a draw which if rocky would have taken him to a draw would have been interesting too but rocky ends up getting the win via the submission um just great, great stuff. El Fantasma was great here. He was a spectacular asshole. Rocky Romero is just the aging babyface veteran picking up the win and then celebrating with his boys' Yo and Show afterwards. Um, and this was also Rocky's first singles main event ever in Kirk and Hall. So he picks up the huge win here and turns the block around a bit for, not for himself, but he changes the overall settings because, uh, finally takes his first loss.
1: This was, when you look at it prior to the match taking place, you wonder why Rocky Romero and El Phantasmo is the main event. And El Phantasmo has been booked really strong in this tournament. I mean, he was undefeated leading up to this match. Rocky had one win. um, And it was just, all right. It seems like a foregone conclusion of, who is going to win this match? Rocky has had such a good tournament, even though he he hasn't had a win. He's still had competitive matches, and he's he's delivered in these matches, and that's made him just look good throughout this tournament. Uh, but it still just felt like, all right, Rocky will be competitive with this guy in the end. Fantasma is going to win because he's fucking undefeated, and I mean, he's he might go through this whole block undefeated after defeating Will Osprey. And that's essentially the story they, they conveyed prior to coming into this match. And then they put uh played on that throughout the match as well. And you know, Rocky, as you said, it was a Rocky story for him. He he had the underdog role. The the crowd was just loving, loving like they the Corkin crowd was was great throughout the the whole um kind of their their tour here their whole run for for the past few nights and then they get to this match and they they had a lot to live up to because there's the previous night they had some really good matches you know they got uh osprey and phantasmo as well like they they've seen a lot of great wrestling and on paper you're thinking Rocky Romero, el fantasmo to to cap your to cap your run here, not the strongest match on paper. So they, in a sense, they were fighting in uphill battle. and like they just hooked the crowd with everything they did in this match. And then Rocky overcomes this was another match where it's like this is a match that just makes you feel something with the story they are telling leading into the match and even though these guys have had like no interactions like they still told a story through this tournament leading into this match and then they told a story in this match and rocky overcomes almost at the buzzer with i know it's like a minute early but almost at the buzzer um with, with pulling off this victory and just just excellent excellent stuff from start to finish
0: yeah, it was. It was a great feel-good moment for Rocky, too, which is it played so well. So after nine nights here, right now, A block is Shingo with 12 points, Ishimori with 10 points, Dragon Lee with 8, and then you have Sho, Marty, and Gresham all with 6, Tiger Mask with 4, Teton with 4, Kanemaru with 4, and Taka with the big goose egg. B-Block, Fantasmo, and Will Ospreay are knotted up with 10, but Fantasmo has the advantage with the head-to-head win. Taguchi and Robbie Eagles at 8 points apiece. Uh, Bushi, Yo, and Bandito each have 6. Rocky Romero has 4. Dookie has 2. And Red Narita with the Young Lions goose egg. So that is night nine as we are caught up on uh, Best of the Super Juniors. Jeremy and I will be back later this week. We're going to preview NXT TakeOver. NXT TakeOver Bridgeport. Yes, 25 because Bridgeport's not a major town, brother. (laughs) Uh, they're, They're very
1: fortunate that it's 25 because if they had to go with Bridgeport, I... I don't know about that one. That doesn't scream like this is going to be a great show. I mean, it's going to be a great show because it's a fucking takeover, but it's just like,
0: yeah, Phoenix,
1: New York, uh, where else have they gone? So whatever. It's it's
0: like Wayne's world when they're doing the blue screen thing. And they're like, we could go to Paris or blah, blah, blah. Or Delaware. I mean, (laughs) Delaware. (laughs) Yeah. Bridgeport is not exactly a sexy town. So Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, the complete wrap up AEW, AEW double or nothing home run show best of the super juniors rolling along with a lot of good shows and a lot of great matches. And we'll be back probably Wednesday ish or show. And we will break down the NXT takeover show, talk about some other stuff. Thank you guys for listening. Remember yeah, Steve cook. Yeah, that too. And you can follow the four one one on wrestling podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and of course the 411mania.com website. Make sure to subscribe and share us around. And if you have time, leave a five-star review. For Jeremy, I'm Larry Zonka. Have a good weekend and happy wrestling.